0: ...when the last of the boats slid into the dark river and disappeared. There was nothing left but the cries, the debris and the bodies. Some motionless, some still fighting to stay above the water. Other boats were coming. A ferry was less than 40 feet from them. Lights flashed for a moment on the painted name on its stern and a picture above it. Then it swung round as the men in it pulled another body out of the water... A barge was swinging round slowly, dragged against the current as it came closer, and the bargee bent and reached out to help those closest to him. A small coal freighter was flinging everything overboard that anyone in the water could clutch onto before their imprisoning clothes dragged them, still screaming, under. Monk and Orm heaved six exhausted people out of the water, all they dared carry. Sick with misery, they had to beat off others whose weight would have sunk the boat— Monk had to force one man away from the gunwales with a blade of his oar, striking him over the head. His added load would have drowned them all. They pulled for the shore, hearing the repeated thanks of the survivors huddled together, trying to help each other in the body of the boat, holding up those barely conscious. Men on the banks were wading as far as they could, roped together, stretching out to lift and help. Monk and Orm went back out again into the near-darkness, Directed now as much by cries as by sight, they pulled more people out of the water and rowed them ashore. Monk lost all track of time. He was wet to the skin and so cold he was shaking, yet he and Orm could not give up. If there were even one person still miraculously alive in that black water, then they must find him or her. Every man in the river police was here, and all manner of others joined in a common horror and grief. The banks were lined with people doing what they could. Some pushed mugs of hot tea and whiskey into freezing hands, helping the rescued to hold on to them and drink. Others had blankets. Some even had their own spare dry clothes. The moon was high in the sky when Monk and Orm moored the boat and climbed wearily up the steps from the river to the level dockside, acknowledging in a glance that they had done all they could. The wind had risen and scythed across the open stretch in front of the whopping police station, which was their headquarters. Monk hunched into his coat instinctively, but it was pointless when everything he wore was soaking wet. He increased his pace. Weary as he was, the cold was worse. He could hardly feel his feet, and all his bones ached. The palms of his hands were blistered, so he could barely move them. He reached the door with almost a step behind him, Inside, the wood stove was burning. The air was blessedly warm. Sergeant Jackson came bustling towards them immediately, attending to Monk first, as Rank demanded. "'You'd better get them clothes off, sir. "'We've got plenty of dry ones in the cupboard. "'Not your taste, sir, being a bit of a dandy like you are, "'but dry's all that matters now, or you'll catch your death.' "'Begging your pardon, sir, but you look like hell.' Monk was shaking so hard, his teeth were chattering, and it was beyond his control to stop. ''I thought hell was supposed to be hot,'' he said with an attempt at a smile. ''No, sir. Cold and wet. Ask any seaman. He'll tell you,'' Jackson replied. He turned to Orme. ''You too, Mr Orme. You don't look no better. When you come out, I'll have an hot mug of tea for you with a good dash of whiskey in it.'' ''A very good dash, if you please,'' Monk added. He wanted the fire of it to take the edge off the horror inside him. The pity, the guilt he felt about those he had not saved.'' He sat down and let the ease wash through him, for a moment obliterating everything else, like a blanket around him. Jackson did not answer. He had been all his life on the river, like Orm. He had seen other tragedies before, but nothing like this. He had been all night organising men, boats, and any kind of transport to take people to warmth or help, answering desperate questions as well as he could. Twenty minutes later... Skin toweled dry hard enough to hurt, in clean, dry clothes, but still conscious of the stench of the river on his skin and in his hair, Monk sat near the stove and sipped his tea. It was still hot, and at least half whisky. Orm was in the chair beside him, and Jackson was fussing over the next man to come in. "'That explosion,' Orm said grimly, pulling a face as the tea burned his mouth. "'Couldn't have been the boiler. "'Wrong place.' The explosion was in the bow and nowhere near the engines. So what the devil was it? Can't see any way it was an accident, Monk agreed. That only leaves sabotage. Orm scowled. Why, sir? What kind of madman would blow up a pleasure boat? It doesn't make any sense.